Percy Jackson and the Olympians, The Lightning Thief, Chapter Two. Three old ladies knit the socks of death. I was used to the occasional weird experience, but usually they were over quickly. This twenty-four by seven hallucination was more than I could handle. For the rest of the school year, the entire campus seemed to be playing some kind of trick on me. The students acted as if they were completely and totally convinced that Mrs. Kerr, a perky blonde woman whom I'd never seen in my life until she got on our bus at the end of the field trip, had been our pre-algebra teacher since Christmas. Every so often, I would spring a Mrs. Dodds reference on somebody just to see if I could trip them up, but they would stare at me like I was psycho. It got so I almost believed them. Mrs. Dodds had never existed, almost. But Grover couldn't fool me. When I mentioned the name Dodds to him, he would hesitate, then claim she didn't exist. But I knew he was lying. Something was going on. Something had happened at the museum. I didn't have much time to think about it during the days, but at night, visions of Mrs. Dodds with talons and leathery wings would wake me up in a cold sweat. The freak weather continued, which didn't help my mood. One night, a thunderstorm blew out the windows in my dorm room. A few days later, the biggest tornado ever spotted in the Hudson Valley touched down only fifty miles from Yancey Academy. One of the current events we studied in social studies class was the unusual number of small planes that had gone down in sudden squalls in the Atlantic that year. I started feeling cranky and irritable most of the time. My grades slipped from D's to F's. I got into more fights with Nancy Bobblefoot and her friends. I was sent out into the hallway in almost every class. Finally, when our English teacher, Mr. Nicol, asked me for the millionth time why I was too lazy to study for spelling tests, I snapped. I called him an old sot. I wasn't even sure what that meant, but it sounded good. The headmaster sent my mom a letter the following week, making it official. I would not be invited back next year to Yancey Academy. Fine, I told myself, just fine. I was homesick. I wanted to be with my mom in our little apartment on the Upper East Side, even if I had to go to public school and put up with my obnoxious stepfather and his stupid poker parties. And yet, there were things I'd miss at Yancey: the view of the woods out my dorm window. The Hudson River in the distance, the smell of pine trees. I'd miss Grover, who had been a good friend, even if he was a little strange. I worried how he'd survive next year without me. I'd miss Latin class too, Mr. Brenner's crazy tournament days, and his faith that I could do well. As exam week got closer, Latin was the only test I studied for. I hadn't forgotten what Mr. Brenner had told me about his subject being life and death for me. I wasn't sure why, but I started to believe him. The evening before my final, I got so frustrated I threw the Cambridge Guide to Greek Mythology across my dorm room. Words had started swimming out the page, circling my head. The letters going one eighties as if they were riding skateboards. There was no way I was going to remember the difference between Chiron and Charon, or Polydictes and Polyduces. And conjugating those Latin words, forget it. I paced the room, feeling like ants were crawling around inside my shirt. I remembered Mr. Brenner's serious expression, his thousand-year-old eyes. I will accept the only best from you, Percy Jackson.
I took a deep breath. I picked up the mythology book. I'd never asked a teacher for help before. Maybe if I talked to Mr. Brunner, he could give me some pointers. At least I could apologize for the big fat F I was about to score on his exam. I didn't want to leave Yancey Academy with him thinking I hadn't tried. I walked downstairs to the faculty offices. Most of them were dark and empty, but Mr. Brunner's door was ajar, light from his window stretching across the hallway floor. I was three steps from the door handle when I heard voices inside the office. Mr. Brunner asked a question. A voice that was definitely Grover's said, Worried about Percy, sir. I froze. I'm not usually an eavesdropper, but I dare you to try not listening if you hear your best friend talking about you to an adult. I inched closer. Alone this summer, Grover was saying, I mean, a kindly one in the school. Now that we know for sure, and they know too, we would only make matters worse by rushing him, Mr. Brunner said. We need the boy to mature more. But he may not have time. The summer solstice deadline. We'll have to be resolved without him, Grover. Let him enjoy his ignorance while he still can.